0: Hello, I'm Clive Nash. Welcome to Let God Speak. The final book of the Bible is The Revelation of Jesus Christ. The book contains many exciting themes. This includes God's plan to finally eradicate sin, death, and suffering from our world and hence from the universe. But it also reveals Jesus and his plans for his people to prepare for that time. God has a mission. He invites us to be part of that mission of sharing the good news of the gospel. Our panel today will explore that theme. Well, on our panel today, we have Hannah Nakagawa and Jaden Green. Jaden, your first time here. So we're glad to have you here today. And I'm looking forward to our discussion. But before we begin, let's take time to pray. Our loving Father in heaven, we just want to thank you for the opportunity once again of hearing you speak through your word. Mm. And we pray that you will bless our discussion today. May it enliven us and may it enlighten us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. amen
0: well um, we're talk- we're talking about god's mission to the world today, and uh, just to set the scene I'm going to read from Second uh, Peter chapter three and verses ten to twelve and here the apostle Peter says, "But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat, both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up well. As a consequence, then, Peter goes on to say, Therefore, therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Uh, Jaden, i put the first question to you. Yes. Uh, what principles do you see here in these verses?
2: Well, actually, Clive, I actually see three principles here. Firstly, I see here that rather than a destruction by a universal flood, as in Noah's day, fire will cleanse the earth in what is described as the day of the Lord. Second principle I see is that Jesus is coming back to this earth as he promised, And not only that, we can look forward and hasten that day of his coming. Mm. And the final principle we see here is that we need to live holy and godly lives. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to read a little quote here. This quote is from the Ellen White book, uh, Christ Objects Lesson, page 69. And it says, Were all who profess his name bearing fruit to his glory, how quickly the whole world would be sown with the seed of the gospel. Quickly the last great harvest would be ripened And Christ would come to gather the precious grain.
0: Okay. So, Hannah, how long should we uh, keep on sharing the the gospel message of salvation? How long?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, Let's read Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. The Bible says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It is a good news to everyone. Well, so everyone would receive this here, this wonderful message, wonderful news of the good news, the gospel. And everyone would have the opportunity to make a decision for God or against God. Well, um, so it does not stop us witnessing um, just because we don't know when it will happen. We would keep witnessing. We will keep looking unto Jesus and continue to um, be in a mission. Um, actually, this 3AVN network has this um, yeah, Three angel of Revelation 14 as its motto. So, yeah, preaching the gospel to every nation, tongue and people. Um, so, yeah, this is the Three Angels Broadcasting Network. And we are part of this global network and proclaiming the good news of the gospel to, um, to the world. Uh,
0: yes, in my introduction, I referred to the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, and uh, in Revelation chapter 1 and verses 1 to 7, uh, Jaden, I noticed that the word witness seems to uh, hear, appear a couple of times. Uh, why was that? What's, what's the significance of that?
2: Absolutely, uh, Clive. In verse 2 here in Revelation chapter 1, it is actually John the author who bears witness of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ. In verse 5 of Revelation chapter 1, it's actually Jesus who is the faithful witness. I'd just like to read... Uh, 1 verse 7 and it says behold he is coming with clouds and every eye will see him even those who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him even so amen the focus of all this Clive according to God's word is the second coming Jesus
0: mm-hmm. okay his promised return um, and Hannah um, look at verse 6 with me if you would and it says here that God has made us kings and priests or hmm. well, Jesus is made as kings and priests to his God and father um, so what's the uh, why is it is she talking about kings and priests why is this
1: yes well um, Peter gives us a reason here in our first Peter chapter two and verse nine. It says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who calls you out of darkness into his marvelous light. A wonderful message here. Well, to proclaim the praise of him who has called us to out of darknesses, we can um, yeah, give him praise. And in proclaiming, we can be a witness as well. So we are sharing in God's mission and his
0: message. Okay. Uh, Jaden, can you elaborate on this? Is why this priests and kings uh, be specific about it? Uh,
2: yeah, absolutely. Um, in Revelation 1 verse 7, as we just read, he's coming and every eye will see him. And I see here, uh, Clive, that there's a sense of urgency. As Jesus said in the book, of, at the end of Revelation, he says, I am coming quickly. But I'd like to make a point that I like in the book, uh, Secrets of Revelation by Jacques Dukan. He makes a good point and he says, we do not merely wait for an event, but also for a person whom we love and whom we know and who loves and knows us. This personal relationship makes the weight all the more intense. Mm. I think that's definitely true.
0: Yeah, I like that sort of personal touch you know, that comes through there in that quote you've shared with us, uh, Jaden. Uh, and and Jaden, another question I can put to you. Um, how, how can we make sense of the presence of both good and evil in our world today? It's
2: mm, mm, a very good question, Clive. You see, John was given the big picture in the book of Revelation, in chapter 12 in particular, if I just quickly turn there, chapter 12 in particular, we see that sin or evil was an intruder into our universe. You know, that Satan rebelled against the Godhead and was thrown out of heaven because of his choice. I'd just like to read Revelation 12, verse uh, 12, actually. And I read that, "'Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you, having great wrath.'" because he knows that he has but a short time. You know, Clive, some people out there think that if there is a God, then he's a strange mixture of of good and evil, a capricious deity that must be served and appeased. But the Bible, according to Revelation, shows us that there's actually a battle going on. It's a battle going on between good and evil. There's two forces that are present. But according to the Bible, it will not always be so the book of Revelation shows that God's mission to the world will have an end and someday evil will soon be defeated.
0: Yeah. And this is a question, uh, Hannah and Jaden, that, that puzzles some people, isn't it? You know, if God's so powerful, as we say he is, you know, why is there so much evil in the world? Mm. And it's when the book of Revelation sort of unveils this origin of evil, yes. you know, that it's not one person or one being that's Good and evil. Mm-hmm. It's, it's two forces yeah. that at work. Uh, Hannah, you mentioned earlier the three angels' messages, yeah. uh, which is kind of like our focus here at 3ABN. Mm. Um, I'd like to turn to Re- Revelation chapter 14 and read verses 6 and 7 about the, the first of those three angels. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and the earth and the sea and the springs of waters. Uh, what's significant about this first message, uh, Hannah, and the, the two angels' messages that follow it?
1: Sure. Well, firstly, verse 6, it says that having the everlasting gospel to preach to those Um, who dwell on the earth. It's uh, the heart of the three angel message is the everlasting gospel. It's a good news to people, but at the same time, depends on their choice. It can be a warning. It can be uh, bad news for those people who reject this message as well. So we have this universal um, proclamation of the gospel, a call to worship to the creator God who created God, God who created, sorry, uh, who created heaven and earth and everything that is in them, we can, um, yeah, we can be called to worship God, Mm. God only. And there is this false um, religious system um, out there as well. And Babylon is fallen. But we can um, yeah, come back to the true worship to God. And here there are two characteristics of God's people in Revelation 14, verse 12. It says, here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. The first one, keep the commandments of God. We um, honor His commandments, and it is not by our own own idea or own effort. No, power of the Holy Spirit. We keep and um, keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. It can be faith, um, faith. Of Jesus and faith in Jesus
0: yeah and and as you're talking there about you know God being the creator in the first angels message it's very much a reminder of the creation account isn't it in Mm. Genesis and when we talk about the commandments of course one commandment in particular reminds us about the creator God doesn't it yes which one is that (laughs) it's it's the fourth commandment yes you know remember the create our our creator six days he created the world and the seventh day he rested
1: that's right. The yeah. verse in um, verse 7 is very similar to the, or mo- almost the same as the um, Exodus 20,
0: yeah. the fourth commandment. Yeah. So, uh, Hannah, would you say that um, the the message and the mission of the church are very closely aligned with each other, very strongly linked? Yeah. Well,
1: I would, um, I would say that um, this message is the mission. Actually, um, in Japanese translation, I'm from Japan and it's actually said um, it's called the mission of three angels. That's the translation of Japanese. So, yeah, I think mission, message, it's, it's the same thing. So the world needs to be one of this coming of coming events what's going to happen soon uh, which is the coming of Jesus that needs to be ready of eternal consequences of being one um, side or the other um, either we are for Christ or against him and there's no um, middle ground there's no mutual place um, we can read chapter um luke chapter 11 and we can see this luke chapter 11 luke chapter 11 verse 23 the bible says he who is not with me is against me and he who does not gather um, with me scatters so it's either way for god or against god
0: yeah now we were quoted from Mark's Gospel about the the Great Commission going to the Gospel to all the world. Um, in fact, all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, they, they all mention this commissioning of the disciples to mm-hmm. go out and, uh, and spare the Gospel. And uh, the first angel's message of Revelation 14 is, is kind, of, kind of a repeat of that, isn't it, Jaden?
2: Absolutely, Clive. It certainly is. You see, in John's Gospel... Uh, It's simply, as the Father has sent me, so I send you as well. That was John 20, verse 21. And Mark's account we read earlier. And Luke says that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. We read that in Luke chapter 24. But Matthew's account of the Great Commission is a bit more expansive. And I'd like to read it for you in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20 we read, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. I love that promise, isn't it? Mm. Mm. And yes, so to answer your question, Clive, yes, this is very much consistent with the message, the messages of Revelation chapter 14, where The message of the everlasting gospel is to go to every nation, every tribe, every people group on the planet. The message of this gospel comes from a merciful and loving God who wants all to be saved for eternal life.
0: Mm. Yeah. Does it amaze you, Jaden, that, you know, Jesus should give this commission to such a small group Mm. of people? You know, What, what must they have thought of it, you know?
2: it would have been a huge <laughs> task. But as Jesus says, all power has been given to me on heaven and earth, yes. go make <laughs> disciples. He gives us that power to do that. And yeah. He gave them that power 2000 years ago. Yes.
0: And, and of course, you know, we see the, the story of the day of Pentecost that followed on, you know, mm. the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, yes. tongues of fire and yeah. people hearing the gospel in their own, mes- their own tongue and so on. Uh, so the, the enabling power of the Holy Spirit and gave impetus to the early church didn't mm. mm-hmm. um, well um you 've touched on um, on the motive of um God the Father here i want to read from from first john uh, chapter uh, four and verse eight, because I think this this tells us something significant here in the last part of the verse, first John chapter four, and verse eight. They say, "Who does not love does not know God," and it ends up by saying, "For God is love." Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think, Hannah, that that accounts for God's patience with with us in the world here? Mm,
1: definitely, definitely. I want to read Second Peter chapter three, verse nine. It will show us the heart of God. I believe it says. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance." God is so long suffering. Why? Because he's not willing that any should perish. He created each one of us. He died for each one of us. He redeemed us. And he is, um, doesn't want anyone to perish. That is his heart. He loves us so much. Um, well, let's go to another verse in 1 um, Timothy. It, um, it really shows us that um, here, Paul is writing to Timothy and asking, for prayers for people, including those people in authority. Sometimes we think those people in authority. You know, we forget to pray for them. Mm-hmm. But um, here, First Timothy chapter two, verse three to four, it says, "For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth." Again, um, he desire not some of them but all men all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth this is god's desire no matter rich or poor whoever where they are from god wants to be saved
0: Mm. and and i think honey you can speak from personal experience here can't you you know you have come to a knowledge uh, of jesus christ as your savior yes that's right
1: yes that's right and it's really encouraging um in my country japan not many people know of God. No, no God. Only 0.8 percent are Christian actually in Japan. But here we have we see the promise that every nation, tongue, and people, those people would hear the good news in the end. Yeah. So and that is God's desire. So it, even though we can't see the hope yet, but it's promised, and God would empower us to be. Yeah, famous.
0: I like the text you've read there that. He, he he wants everyone to come to a knowledge uh, of the truth.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, um, Jaden, when Jesus was crucified, we, you remember there was mm-hmm. a thief on one side and a thief on the other side. Mm-hmm. One accepted Jesus as his saviour and the other did not. And that's kind of like how it always has been, isn't it? And, and always perhaps will be until the time of Jesus returns.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, Clive. Uh, we see that even until the close of time, there will always be those two camps, as, as Hannah pointed out earlier, there's either those for God or those against God. Mm. Prophecy shows us in the Bible that there will be two camps, especially when these life and death issues are at stake. We read in Revelation 13 that it points to a time when force will be applied, where people won't even be able to buy and sell unless they worship the image to the beast. People will even be killed over this issue. People will be prevented from all these things and it'll be such a time of trouble and it's really essential, Clive and Hannah, that people are warned about all this, mm. and that happens through God's mission of love that goes out to the entire world.
0: Mm. Yeah, you know, sometimes Hannah, we we measure success by by, by numbers. <laughs> you know, we uh, say uh, so many people have joined the church, and uh, mm. maybe that even happened in the in New Testament times too. Mm. You know, they, they recorded the number of people who were joined to the church. Mm. Uh, but is is numbers the only measure? of success for the gospel
1: well not only numbers but we can see when we accept god the life would be changed Mm. that life change, the power of god working in people's life that is very significant Uh, let's read first john chapter 1 verse 9. the bible says if we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So cleanse from all that is sinful, all that is unrighteous, that is bad. And if we live our life, our own life, we will have a lot of fruit of the flesh that is not good. Mm. But when we are um receive Jesus and be filled with the Holy Spirit, we will have the fruits of the Holy Spirit as well. And that that's what counts with God and should count with us as well and at the end of the time there will be a great multitude who are saved Mm. Um, let's read revelation 19 and we will read verse 8 it says and to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen clean and bright for the fine linen is the righteous act of the saints it's beautiful fine linen And I believe that that's the righteousness of Christ. We are covered by the righteousness of Jesus.
0: Yes. Yes. Talking there about the marriage supper there, the marriage of the lamb. And uh, God's church will be uh, prepared for that time. Um, It sounds this this idea of, of, you know, God's love for me. This it sounds good, Um, but. But what if I've done, you know, dreadful crimes, Jaden? What if I've, you know, been a hmm. an outright, you know, murderer, mm-hmm. a armed robber, a thief, <laughs> um, you know, a terrorist? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, can God forgive those sorts of things and, and assure, can, you know, could he assure me of a place in his kingdom and on that sort of background?
2: Sure, I'm really glad you actually asked that question, Clive, because I think of the, uh, one of the Old Testament figures David, King David of Israel. And we know about King David because we read it in the Bible. He actually killed one of his most faithful soldiers because he had an affair with his wife. Mm. Uh, It was a real messy situation. Yet despite all this, David asked for forgiveness. He prayed and confessed his sin and he was forgiven. We actually read a little bit of his prayer in Psalms 51 verses 1 to 4. David says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness." We also have an example, Clive, in the New Testament. We think of Saul, the persecutor of Christians mm. who did a lot of damage to the early church, but he became converted. God converted his heart and he became Paul, the preacher. And he did. We read a lot about it in, his, in, in the New Testament. And heaven's going to be filled with souls that confessed their sin like David. They repented, they turned away and accepted the love, forgiveness and the righteousness of God.
0: Yeah. You know, I remember one of my churches that I was the pastor of uh, had contact with a a man who had been an armed robber Mm. and uh, he was converted in jail. And uh, he wrote to me and said, I'm looking for a a spiritual home when I come out of prison. And so, you know, we had a lot of exchanges. Mm. Um, Yeah. God can change. To the uttermost, can't he? Mm. Yes. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Yes. Uh, let's turn our attention now to the end of God's mission. And uh, let's go to the Revelation chapter 21. And I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. Revelation 21 verses 1 and 2. Now, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. So here's, here's John. He's got this this vision being revealed to him this new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. And and I think in the Greek, it implies it's not a brand new earth or heaven, but a a renewed Mm. in that kind of new heaven and earth. Mm. And then I, John, verse two, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride for her husband. Uh, Hannah, how good will it be to, To actually see this all happening, to be with Jesus, uh, how good will it be?
1: Oh, it's amazing to just think and, you know, imagination is very limited. Mm. But one of the best thing is that there will be no more sin, no more uh, consequence of sin. Let's read verse four. It says, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no sorrow. No crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Yeah. Mm. We know that there are so many um, things happening in the world: death, sorrow, crying, pain. But it will be all done away. There will be more, no more power.
0: Yeah. Passing. Yeah. So, Jaden, does John uh, do give us an idea of what paradise will be like?
2: Absolutely. I'd love to read it. Uh, Revelation 22, verse 1 to 5. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and, shall, and his name shall be on their foreheads. And there shall be no night there. They need no lamp nor light of the sun for the Lord God gives them light and they shall reign forever and ever.
0: Mm. God. Yeah, that's a, that's a great promise, isn't it? And something we can really look forward to. Well, Hannah and uh, Jaden, it's been good to have you here with us today. Uh, my name is Clive Nash. and I said, You know, you may feel a call of God on your heart today to accept the good news of salvation. You want to be ready when Jesus returns to this earth. Why not decide right now to give your heart to Jesus Christ? Or perhaps you have a passion to share your faith. Pray that God will put a searching soul in your path this week. We are living in amazing times. Soon the gospel will have gone to every people group in the world and Jesus will come. Well, we're glad you joined us today on Let God Speak. Next week, we begin a new series, so we hope you will join us then. If you are blessed by this program, tell your friends. Remember, all past programs plus teacher's notes are available on our website, 3abinaustralia.org.au. Or email us if you wish on lgs at 3 Join us again next time. God bless.